everybody. Welcome in. Thursday edition of Concrete Jungle, a New York baseball podcast. Um, look, for, I'm Paul Russo. Kyle Evans alongside of me. Behind the scenes, Nate Sharman, as always. And um, look, this is going to be a bit of a therapy session today, I think. You know, things this week have not gone, to be fair, the Yankees or Mets way. Oh, really? That's news to me. Well... What do you mean? I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we're going we're going to talk through things. You know, we're going we are we're going to put ourselves on the uh, theoretical therapy couch with doctors Russo, Evan, Evans, and Charman here to assist you. Um, you know, I, I mean, other than that, boys, you know, good week so far. I mean, we finally we finally have, and I, I will I don't mean to completely peel back some onion stuff on this, but. Nate, we finally did get some rain for you, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's rained like, last like three days. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it hasn't rained in a month and a half, yeah. and then we've got at least rain the last three days. But right. I'm right with you guys being a Pittsburgh Pirate fan, a little six-game skid for us. So, yeah, I'm losing going on the last yeah. week or so. And oh, 100 losses coming. Jeez. <laughs> um, but, yeah, we got, we got some stuff to get to, um, some interesting stuff. I don't know if I necessarily want to – Spend too too much time each game looking at stuff. Wise, obviously we'll recap like we usually do. One more thing, uh, yeah. interim interim Caleb, who's here with us, right. uh, last day. Why you have to like jump ahead of me on this a little bit? I just figured we, <laughs> we would say it. Didn't want to ma- make sure you didn't forget it. Yeah. Uh, head back to state college here this weekend. So Penn thanks state. to Caleb for a uh, great year. Yeah, Caleb. Was hopefully we'll, we'll meander you over to a microphone here eventually here before we head out for the rest of the podcast, but. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know. We'll obviously recap the game, so I don't know if I want to spend a ton of time, though, on each game itself. Uh, there, there's a lot to unpack with both the Yankees and Mets so far, and um, uh, Rochester and Syracuse have split so far the opening games with their rosters even more so in flux. I mean, obviously, Syracuse a AAA affiliate of the Mets, um, and Rochester with uh, Washington. Washington's kind of, you know, they've been doing who knows what the, the whole summer, but even then, their roster is still a little bit in flux. So we'll discuss, obviously, a ton there. Um, let's turn our attention and start uh, with the Mets. Um, we'll go, I guess we'll start more on the positive note since um, I don't know if things have necessarily looked as grim or, or as dim the past few days for them necessarily. But uh, Monday, a 13-1 loss there against the Braves. Spencer Strider uh, picks up the win for Atlanta, moves a 7-4-3-0-4 ERA for him. Carlos Carrasco lost 13 and 5 of 392 ERA. Obviously, we'll touch more on him in just a moment. Uh, Jeff McNeil went four for four, two doubles and a run. That's a really um, sneaky good stat line. Uh, McNeil has been, again, one of these unsung heroes for the Mets. Brandon Nimmo, two for four. Mark Hanna went one for four with a double. Uh, Tuesday, a 5 0 Brave victory uh, over the Mets. Charlie Morton picked up the win. He moves a 6 and 5 of 404 ERA for him. RJ Alvarez. The loss, uh, his first decision at the big league level this year, moves to 0-1 and 11.57 ERA for him. Francisco Lindor went two for four. Brandon Nimmo, one for three at the walk. And Seth Lugo in relief, uh, pitched one and two-thirds inning of shutout ball, allowing one hit and striking out one. So really the first two days here where uh, things got uh, hairy fast for the Mets. Uh, Carlos Carrasco uh, exits the game on Monday early. Um, he's been placed on the injured list with a grade one left um, oblique strain. Uh, they're expecting him to pretty much miss a month, three to four weeks. But uh, this is far from the first pitcher with the Mets to have this issue this year. Far from actually the only position player pitching 
players who have this issue with the Mets uh, this year. Uh, James McCann comes to mind, obviously, and obviously Max Scherzer. And then on Tuesday, Tom Walker only went two innings. Um, it's been revealed that he doesn't necessarily have a very deep injury. Uh, he had some back spasms. Uh, had an MRI done on him. Came back clean, no structural damage. Uh, but uh, his spot in the rotation is in question moving forward for the next start this weekend. Um, it's expected that he probably will miss it. Um, so really two of your, your stall-fast guys, your steadfast guys who have been in the rotation all year and not have been hurt, um, get back-to-back days, get hit with uh, varying types of injury. Um, this time of year, it, it's brutal, right? I mean, you're in the dog days of summer, especially with two of your guys who have been workhorses. They've been in every start pretty much. I mean, Walker missed a little bit of time at the beginning of the year. Uh, but um, for really the collective rotation as a whole, I mean, these have been the two guys who have been through it all pretty much all year. Yeah, just a tough hit for the for the pitching staff. But then you look at the offense, and they scored one run over 18 innings against a Braves pitching staff that, I mean, isn't all that good. They've been underwhelming this year. So it's just that's, that's weird to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a tough way to start the series, but then obviously they bounced back, as you're going to mention, um, yeah. last night. Yeah, I know. I, I we mentioned it on here uh, before. Actually, it was a couple weeks ago when uh, you know we kind of had the Mets kind of open up this this stretch run that they've had with pretty much taking on the Braves and the Phillies. Um, about you know the Braves pitching staff, it, it's been hit and miss. You know, I mentioned you know a guy like Ian Anderson who ended up being sent down to Gwinnett, um, who they thought was going to be really good. I pirate guy in Bryce Wilson for example now who was a brave top prospect just didn't pan out um and it's been like it's been pretty hit and miss I mean Max Fried and, and Kyle Wright appear to be the two young guys going um you know I, I know he got the win but Charlie Morton you know really has been underwhelming all year um Odorizzi got you know rocked yesterday's you know we kind of teed up already and you know for instance again you know Spencer Schrader got the win but He's very new to this starting role. He had been in the bullpen all year for Atlanta up to really the last month or so. Yeah, and if you look at the head-to-head matchups, like since they've started playing each other this year, the Braves and Mets, there's just been a lot of weird games. Like the one game, the the Braves jumped out to a huge lead and the Mets came storming back. Mm -hmm. And then you got shutouts mixed in there. It's just, it's been a really weird head-to-head series um, this year. So Wednesday, last night, obviously Mets 9-7 victory. Ended up being a little bit of a slugfest inadvertently. Max Scherzer picked up the win, moves to 9-2, and two, a 2-1-5 ERA for him. Jake Odorizzi mentioned him a little bit just now. Took the loss, 4-5, a 4-1-5 ERA there. Scherzer went 6-3, three hits, four earned, and eight strikeouts. Very just good outing for the Mets. They pretty much uh, needed him to go a little bit further along, and he did. He got the job done. Sorry, Marte, 3-5, for five, two solo home runs and two runs scored, obviously. And then Jeff McNeil. Three for five with a double and run scored. Very good to see. I'm going to table the Brett Beatty conversation until we get uh, more further along for now. Uh, but that being said, perfect outing really for the Mets yesterday in a way. Um, maybe not able to contain the Braves way you probably had exactly had hoped to. Uh, but that being said, you just need to get a win yesterday. Um whether or not it was pretty or not doesn't really matter. You you got back in the win column. Yeah, um, Atlanta made it tough there at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mets, I think, led 5-1 at one point, and Atlanta kind of came stormed back a little bit. Um, Scherzer's line isn't shouldn't be as bad as it is. 
Adam Ottavino uh, gave up a three-run home run. Two of the runs were charged to him. But, yeah, overall, it was, a, it was a good win because they really needed to snap the skid. Yeah, so let's get into some news and notes already here, only because uh, we, there's a lot to get to the back end of this. Uh, so third baseman Eduardo Escobar, we mentioned on Monday, hoping to avoid the injured list. Not going to be the case. Uh, retroactively placed on the injured list with a left oblique issue. They're calling it tightness. Uh, again, like I mentioned, something about the obliques, especially the left-hand side with the Mets here, don't know what's going on. Um, with that being said, you, this kind of was the kickoff of the flurry of roster moves. Uh, we'll get to that in a second. Right-hand pitcher Drew Smith, he's ramping up his flat ground work and uh, will begin working from the mound uh, shortly within the next couple days. Mentioned, uh, obviously, with Cookie Carrasco, he was placed on the IL. Uh, infielder Luis Guillorme, he was the other player that we mentioned on Monday. Uh, he was placed on the IL with a left groin strain. Uh, his timeline's a bit more extended out. They're thinking somewhere along the four- to six-week range. He was hoping, again, to hopefully avoid the IL, not the case for him. Uh, some positive notes on the pitching front here again. Left-hand pitcher Joey Lucchese will begin a rehab assignment with single-A St. Lucie uh, on Sunday, 8-21. Right-hand pitcher Taylor Magill, uh, he threw live batting practice yesterday, and things should be ramping up, uh, ramping up for him here as well. Uh, catcher Tomas Nito is placed on the COVID IL list. Uh, he had been out of the lineup for the past five days. Uh, they officially announced the case uh, over the course of the past couple days. Don't have an exact timeline on his return yet. Obviously mentioned Taiwan Walker. He's expected to miss uh, his next start with back spasms. So here's where a lot of the roster moves kind of begin. Third baseman Devin Marrero was selected from AAA Syracuse. Catcher Michael Perez, right-hand pitcher Steven Nogasek, and left-hand pitcher Sam Clay were all recalled from Syracuse. R.J. Alvarez had himself a couple days here. He was selected and then optioned back to AAA Syracuse and then has since been designated for assignment to make room on the 40-man. We'll get to that in a second. Right-hand pitcher Adonis Medina was optioned to AAA Syracuse. Outfielder Nick Plummer was designated for assignment. Outfielder Travis Jankowski was officially signed to a minor league contract. Uh, and then third baseman Brett Beatty was selected from AAA Syracuse. Obviously, Beatty, one of the highest-regarded prospects uh, let alone in the Mets system, but also in baseball. Uh, certainly had um, himself a day last night, home ring in his first career at bat. Yeah, um, I was actually, I had that game on one of my TVs, and as soon as I saw the ball over the wall, I didn't actually see who hit it, and when I saw who hit it, I was like, wow, that's just an awesome moment. Then uh, the SNY cameras put on his parents. Obviously, his parents and family were just absolutely pumped up. What a way to start your major league career at the age of 22 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it's weird you mentioned, obviously, 22 years old from, uh, I believe, Round Rock, Texas, which is a baseball hotbed. I mean, Round Rock has, um, they double A. It might be double A, but um, I know, um, you know, this this has some implications. I, I didn't think we'd see, even with injury, any of the top prospects, be it him, uh, Francisco Alvarez, Jake Mangum, uh, Jose Buto. I, I didn't expect to see really any of them up this year. Um, but I, I, this opens an interesting door here for the rest of the way for the Mets. Um, third base uh, outside of Escobar has been a, a bit of a question mark all year. Obviously, you are making play there, but he, he's more of a utility guy. He kind of roams around a little bit. Beatty kind of shores some things up. I mean, I think Escobar was only going to be a couple-year placement-type deal for the Mets, as good as he is until Beatty was ready. Obviously, it's a one-game sample size. Uh, be very 
dumb of us to outright assume anything. That being said, you get off to a start like Beatty did, it, it's hard to ignore what this could mean come, look, late September when playoff push is here and the final playoff push is there and you're trying to get everything set for the October rosters. Yeah, if, if he continues to hit, I think he stays. I mean, I don't think they call up a, a top prospect uh, for a couple weeks and he hits the ball well and then gets sent back down. That would be just, like, terrible for his confidence and, like, what else does he have to do to stay? Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's just hitting the ball, he deserves to stay. And I think, um, you know, part of this, too, is, I mean, he did not get off to a good start in Binghamton this year. That being said, he, he's kind of buoyed himself back up pretty good Um I know yearly average at and collectively between AA Binghamton and Syracuse has been somewhere in the 290 to 295 range, I believe, if I have it right. Um, so it's an interesting sign. You bring up a good point because um, the other name that's going to get lost in the shuffle here, and he's not he's not a prospect by any means at this point. Uh, he, he was a few years ago at Boston, but Devin Marrero, who um, when he got brought into Syracuse uh, midway through the year, well, midway to this point this year, really, um, bit of a journeyman at that point, but certainly ended up has made a very positive impact in the SMET lineup. Um, so he's kind of up in the big leagues. He's he's presumably going to be backing up Beatty. Uh, presumably he would be the one probably getting sent back down whenever Giorme or Escobar, whoever really comes back at that point, would be would be the one the roster transaction uh, occurring. Um. You know, the, it's interesting because uh, if you go from the historical standpoint, call-ups are always an interesting situation. I mean, you look at, um, you know, this year alone, like uh, Spencer Torgelson with Detroit got sent back down to Toledo, struggled this year, whereas, I mean, they they call up Riley Green, and he's certainly has been, you know, what they had hoped he'd been up to this point. Yeah, the only way I really do see him getting sent down is if, like, after this, he just continues to struggle. Mm-hmm for you know over the next two weeks um but other than that if he doesn't struggle that much then there's no reason to send him down yeah so i'll pose you this question then i'll put you on the spot a little bit is it his position to lose at this point i would say so yeah okay i I don't know if i necessarily disagree i i, I think and this might be coming from me because i i edward westbar to me is an underrated hitter in the league um when healthy, he tends to be <laughs> tends to square it up about as good as any of them does. Any of them do. Um, I, I do think he'll stay on the roster. I don't know if he's in the lineup every day, but I do think he stays on the roster. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think they would even attempt to call up one of their top prospects just to keep him around for a few weeks. Like, I feel like they would have turned to somebody else as like an, a short term option. Right. I think this is a long-term option. He will be with the club for the rest of the season. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't disagree with you there, really, with any points. I just. I. I think the part that I struggle with is, is we know the way these teams kind of operate now with the servants service time manipula- manipulation. We know how they go about things with these players, right? I mean, if you want to look at third baseman, I mean. Chris Bryant's the one that jumps out to me, you know, a few years ago, obviously, well, now more than just a few years ago with the Cubs, but. Um, it's just, know. I'm not sure also what changed. Uh, a few days ago, I saw that Buck Schulter said that they're not going to call up Brett Beatty, and then a couple days later, they're calling him up. So I'm not sure, like, what changed within the organization. Well. Like, front office people. It's not really. saying it. Yeah, I mean, it's not really. 
fuck's call at the end of the day. I know, but he must have been told that or else he wouldn't right. have told the media. You know what I mean? Well, so I, I think mean, the yeah. organization kind of changed their their mind. They didn't really want to go to, uh, you know, another Devin Marrero. They right. wanted to kind of just actually go to their prospects, I guess. Right. And, I mean, kudos to the Mets if that's the case then, if they just want to pretty much allow them to do the sink or swim method in a way. All right. Um, so the Mets still have one more left with the Braves tonight to wrap up this four-game series. Uh, that is a 7-20 first pitch on SNY. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, 2-0, 1-6-2 area. He'll be going against Max Freed, a 10-4 record ERA of 2.60. Um, I think they do it here. I mean, I know I said on Monday that they'd split. I think this is where they kind of thunder back and get the momentum going for the weekend. I just uh, I just think DeGrom's in a good spot. The Mets really, in my mind, they need to get this win to kind of set the minds right. I think... For for them, and obviously we'll talk about the Yankees here uh, in a few minutes. But um, you know the Mets' worries are different than the Yankees' worries. But the back of your at the end of the day, they still sit in the back of your mind a little bit to fix things right and get things right. Um, I th- I think this is a big game right here to head into what's going to be another important four game series uh, against the Phillies starting tomorrow night. Hopefully, I don't look dumb when I say this, but uh, see the Braves winning this game. Okay. I don't. I see very minimum run support for Degrom tonight, so that's the reason why I think the Braves win it. I mean, it's possible. I mean, he's he's known to just not get any. So, um, yeah. And then, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the Mets have a four-game series against the Philadelphia Phillies. They're sixty-five and fifty-two, third in the NL East, ten and a half back. Four games in three days. Doubleheader on Saturday, um, and the only pitching. Full pitching matchup we know is going to be for tomorrow on Friday, a 7.05 first pitch on SNY. Chris Bassett, 10 and 7, a 3.27 ERA against Aaron Ola, 8 and 9, a 3.07 ERA for the Phillies. Outside of that, Saturday, a 105 first pitch for game one on SNY, TBA versus TBA. 7.15 first pitch for game two on Fox, TBA versus TBA. And then on Sunday, 135 first pitch on SNY. TBA for the Mets against Kyle Gibson for the Phillies, eight and five, a four three zero ERA for him. That's a sweep. I, I want. I I think if the Mets were healthy, I'd be with you. But the issue is, you're not going to have Carrasco. You're not going to have Walker. Durham's not going to be pitching at all in the series. The David Peterson game coming. Well, well, here's the thing with that. It Peterson's bound to have one of these games. One of the three. Um, he's done the job before. Very good. Um, you know, I know he's had a couple of bad, rougher starts with Syracuse. He hasn't thrown at all though in the past few days for them. So he's rested, ready. I don't know if they'll use him as the taxi guy as the 27th man on Saturday or what. I'm presuming we'll see him at some point there. At that point, it gets it gets weird. Like I don't know how they kind of attack it at this point. Veteran left-hander Mike Montgomery, but they'd have to purchase his contract. I know. I think at that moves. point, they, at that point, I'd rather just roll the dice with say Connor Gray or somebody like that. This and again, Connor Gray, young arm. You'd have to purchase his contract. You have to DFA somebody. But that being said, at the, at the very least, I mean, you have a younger arm. I, I think I'd rather see that and. To, to, I guess, back that up even more, I don't know if they want to go another left-hander in the rotation against the Phillies. Uh, Phillies are pretty right-hand heavy, 
in the lineup. Uh, obviously, you know, they have Schwarber, who is a lefty. You have, I uh, believe it's Bryce, or no, not Bryson Stott. It's another lefty, another young guy. Can't remember. But, I mean, other than that, it's, you know, you have Bohm, who's righty. You have uh, Reese Hoskins, who's righty. You have Castellanos, who's righty. JT Realmuto, who's righty. Gene Seguros, who's, who's righty. Um, you know, I, 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 I just, I don't know if I'd go another left-hander outside of Peterson. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, the Mike Montgomery thing was kind of a joke, and if they do go to Mike Montgomery, the Mets are not sweeping. No, but no. yeah, looks like we're in line to miss uh, Scherzer and Degrom in New York next week, huh? Potentially. Yeah, just looking uh, at that. Scherzer's. If you're going by game wise, uh, we'd we'd be facing Scherzer, I believe, on Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday. Um. Oh, as a Yankee fan, damn it! Yeah, <laughs> as a baseball fan, it might be it might be awesome depending upon uh, where everything kind of shakes out with the Yankees. So, I I don't know. I I'm gonna take the safe play and just say they they take two 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 and two split in Philly. I think that come out of the weekend on a very positive note. Uh, just given the fact that you're dealing with the injuries that you got right now. So, um, but. I mean, you bring up a good point. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they're thinking for those games. I mean, maybe on Saturday, one of those games, they just go full fledged like Tampa Bay Rays, and they give former starter Seth Lugo the nod to just get the bullpen game rolling. Like, honestly, I, I if they know. did that too, I see a loss. Yeah, I don't think a bullpen. No, game. No, no, I, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think it's the right move, but I, I, I don't know what other move they got mm-hmm. outside of really kind of complicating their forty man. I feel like every other team that tries to copy the Rays style of using an opener, it doesn't well, even, go well. Even the Rays now at this point, it does not go well. I mean, we'll touch on it because obviously Monday was the kind of poster child of it but um, for the Yankees. But, I mean, I mean, it does not work like seven to ten times anymore. It just doesn't. All right, Yankees. Oh, man. Ralph, we're in, we're, we're in a deep way. We're, in, we're, we're down bad right now. <laughs> Uh, I mentioned obviously, right? I mean the uh, <laughs> the the bullpen game for the Rays was Monday, uh, a 4-0 Tampa Bay victory over the Yankees. Ryan Yarbrough picks up the win, his first on the year, moving his record to one and seven, a 4.75 ERA. Garrett Cole the lost nine and five, a 3.30 ERA. Garrett Cole went six innings, five hits, a lone earned run, and six strikeouts. Jonathan Lysica came in in relief through one and one-third inning of shutout ball and two strikeouts, and Glaber Torres uh, went two for four. Uh, it was not... As the leadoff hitter. Yeah, yeah, as the leadoff. It's a good point. I forgot about that through through everything that happened. Uh, but more importantly, uh, on Monday, uh, just was not a good game collectively for the Yankees offensively. Pitching... I'll go ahead and say more or less did their job. I mean, bullpen obviously gave up a few runs that you hoped that they didn't, but at the end of the day when the Yankees only collect three total hits, what do you want them to do? Yep. Uh, boring, no offense, pathetic. That's what my takeaway from that game is. And uh, we'll, we'll obviously elaborate on the patheticness and, and stuff like that and uh, in a few minutes here. Uh, Tuesday, a 3-1 Ray victory. Jeffrey Springs picked up the win for uh, the Rays, five and three, a two five two. Array Nestor Cortez, nine and four. 
collected the loss for the Yankees at 2-7-4 year. And Jason Adam, the save, his seventh on the year. Again, uh, you know, to be fair, Nestor did not get out of the gate good. First inning was rough. That being said, he shut down the Rays lineup at that point. Won seven innings, gave up four hits, three earned and three strikeouts. Andrew Benintendi went two for three with a triple and a run scored. And Albert Abreu went two innings of shutout ball, including a strikeout. Uh, again, I mean, sure, Cortez did not do what you needed him to do in the first inning, but uh, when you look at the way baseball kind of breaks itself down, he went above and beyond what he needed to do. Yeah, and the thing is, he only made one mistake, and that was a three-run home run to Randy Rosarena. And after that, I mean, the pitching... Only gave up one hit after that. Pitching shut them down, and the offense, again, does not show up. And, you know, credit, I guess, in a way to uh, Benintendi. I mean, he was obviously the most consistent, probably at bat that whole game. And, um, you know... <laughs> We we were probably, in all honesty, a Benintendi running blunder in a way from being shut out 3-0 that game. And if it wasn't for what you're going to tell uh, about last night's game, uh, I think the Yankees are headed for rock bottom mm-hmm. because it's been so bad over the last two months. Well, I don't even I don't even put the victory last night. So it was an eight-seven Yankee victory. Final after ten innings, Araldis Chapman two for two of three, two and three now on the year. Collected the win. Also had a includes a technically a, was it a blown save or a blown hold? I can't remember, but it was a tie game. So yeah, uh, four five four four five ERA for him. Jalen Becks, the Ray pitcher, collecting loss two and two, a two a one ERA for him. Glaber Torres two for five, a home run, two RBIs, and two runs scored. Anthony Rizzo. Had a big home run in the eighth inning to uh, send pretty much send the game into extra innings. One for four, solo home run, a walk, and two runs scored. Uh, but Josh Allenson, man of the hour, one for four, walk off, grand slam, hit by pitch, and a run scored. Um, yeah, I mean, this game had was a long, drawn, drawn, drawn out battle. Uh, had, I believe, technically was two rain delays, right? At one, one point, or was it the one? One hour and three minute rain delay. So, um, I mean, it was just like you said. I mean, if it wasn't for yesterday, but I don't know if I can really say yesterday was a great momentum builder for the team, though. Well, the thing is, I mean, it was not really a a nice, like a pretty win, I guess you could say. But I think people are getting hope that that swing from Donaldson kind of sparks the offense, right. gets the team feeling confident again, which I'm hoping to. Um, we'll see how they respond tonight with the four game series with Toronto. Um, it was it was a good way to end what would have been a miserable night with Chapman blowing the tie, giving up three runs with two outs to the backup catcher. Um, so yeah, I mean, I th- I think it was a pretty good win, but it wasn't the best one. Right. No, and that's the thing. I, I I mean, I just said it with the Mets, right? It doesn't matter really how you get it. You need them to win, and that that can spark something. I don't want to make it sound like that's not the case here because it is still the case, right? Uh, no matter how you get the win, it, it still is important. But that being said, I. I, I, I don't know how it really actually affects the Yankee clubhouse in the way it would affect the Mets clubhouse this season. And I still have no hope of Donaldson. Yeah, he had one good swing, but big deal. The guy's probably going to go for four tonight. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's touch on some news and notes here, and then because there's, there's a lot of stuff to dive into here. Obviously, uh, we touched on this a little bit Monday, uh, but Clay Holmes was officially placed on the 15-day injured list with good. lower uh, left lower back spasms. Um I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think I know where you're coming from here, but 
this goes back to a further discussion that we've had no, numerous times on here, including Monday, where I don't know if ne- things were necessarily hidden, but you look at the way, say, the Mets operate, where they're pretty upfront with like, hey, Carrasco, probably going to be heading to the IL, but we'll know more tomorrow once we do formally whatever, right? Whereas, you know, with the Yankees, like with, with Holmes here, who's been struggling the past, I mean, let alone month, but really week where it got really highlighted out, um, with some sort of deal, and now he is officially placed on the injured list after being told, like, oh, we don't think anything might be wrong with him, you know. Uh, but it further proves the point that you really brought up on Monday, Kyle. Yeah, here's my uh, takeaway from watching his press conference and listening to Aaron Boone. I do not believe either of them. I do not think that he's dealing with any injury. I think that it's literally because he's been so bad, he's going to go on the IL, and he's going to figure, like, try to work on things. I mean, he even said... Like, when he was talking to the media, he can't even remember when it popped up. He was, like, trying to describe it. It was just awkward the way he was talking to reporters. And then he said that he doesn't even expect – he expects to miss the minimum amount of time. If he's dealing with a back spasm, like, I don't know. I just I just feel like he would have been more serious in talking to the media about it. Well, back, back spasms are a bit of a finicky thing. I mean, the one that always stands out to me is actually what derailed – Tracy McGrady's career in the NBA and he said it started Friday which means all the last month or so when he has 11 ERA had nothing to do with the backspin well it could so um I'll go to the Mets well on this one because of the deal that Walker's been having um you know when you have a back spasm just like any injury really to be fair if you're if you're playing hurt you're you're putting more pressure on another point of body at that point um that could cause other things to happen uh that's why they wanted to have an MRI on Taiwan Walker because I want to make sure there was no nothing structurally going on with his back I will say this and I don't know um I don't know like the background but Holmes to me has not been finishing his pitches off um not really great with the foul through tends to end more straight up than he has beginning of the year where it's much more contorted and bent um you know, if you're a pitcher and you're finishing really standing up and that's not your normal, natural way, uh, that means you're leaving a lot on the table. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, again, I, 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 I do believe he's hurt. I, I must say that only because I know if you place a pitcher or any player on the injured list and they're not actually injured, um, you're, you're leaving yourself pretty open to be hit with fines and stuff like that. Um, so that's why they're trying to cover it up so well. I mean, his bad outing was Friday. He said it started Friday, but he's literally been terrible for 16 outings prior to that. And he never mentioned an injury, never said that it started before Friday. I just think it's literally to fix his stuff. Right. But the, but the spasms could have started Friday. That's what I'm saying. Like, I know, but I'm seeing like he's, people are blaming his struggles for that. That's not the point. His struggles are not from back spasms. His struggle, I mean, yeah, he struggled Friday with the back spasm, but prior to that, he never mentioned that he had an issue with his back. So, like, I'm just saying, we're not going to sit here and say Clay Holmes' uh, season changed because of his back spasm, because that's far from the case. I mean, he, he was just been terrible. That's that's kind of my point here. Because right. he would have mentioned, like, oh, yeah, I popped up a couple weeks ago. I've been trying to battle through it. No, he said it started Friday. So, that's kind of what I'm – like, I see a lot of people, like, defending him saying that his struggles are from his back spasms that's not the case his struggle was just friday with the back spasms yeah i mean i i guess i don't know i know i mean like i said i think when you're dealing with other stuff you could be 
you're putting the rest of your body in a position that things could happen. And then when watch if he returns to the IL and he's still struggling, then what are we gonna say? You know what I mean? Like, are we gonna put him back on the injury list? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I I just think his start was a fluke. I really do. I mean, he was a terrible pitcher in Pittsburgh. He got off to a really good start in New York. Um, I just don't think he's as good as people are making him out to be. That's just my opinion. I mean, I don't, I don't disagree, but I mean, at the same token, I don't think you have this much of a drop off, just because you know. Like I just, I don't know. I just don't see him as being a top flight closer like he mm. was projected to be. Some positive news: Giancarlo Stanton's lined up to begin a rehab assignment this weekend and potentially return to the lineup as soon as next week. Right-hand pitcher Luis Severino threw a successful 25-pitch bullpen session on Monday. Uh, that pretty much wraps up the injury news and notes on that one. Let's get into the roster shuffle here. As uh, finally, I think uh, they're trying to shake some things up here. As shortstop Oswaldo Cabrera, outfielder Esteban Floreal, uh, and to a lesser extent, even though I am happy to see he's back at the big league level, right-hand pitcher Ron Marinaccio Finally. were recalled from AAA Scranton Wilkesbury, third baseman Miguel Andujar, which is interesting that his position's back to just being an outright third baseman, by the way. Uh, but that's a different discussion. Outfield is it really? LaCastro was optioned to AAA Scranton Wilkesbury. Yep. But that being said, we finally are trying to shake some things up here, I believe, in New York. Uh, with Cabrera and Floreal getting the call up here, uh, as we've seen the struggles, especially with Hicks, get amplified once again, and especially up the middle. Uh, obviously, LeMahieu is still dealing with the toe issue. Uh, Glaber's been pretty hit and miss every now and then, and including, to a lesser degree, we do have to say it, to a lesser degree, Donaldson, this is a bit of an issue where you have one side of the, the infield really just kind of struggling here, and hopefully, I think the plan anyway this is more so with the Yankees than would be with the Mets in my mind just because of the way everything's shaking out. This is to really just try and shake up the locker room a little bit, kind of maybe light the proverbial fire under the ass of some guys. Yeah, I was actually really surprised with Oswaldo Cabrera. I did not think they would actually go to a guy like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, Miguel Andujar has just been back and forth. Uh, I mean, you got to really feel bad for the guy. Yeah, he hasn't, you know, come through when, you know, he's been in the lineup, but, like, it's just not right to him. He needs to go somewhere where he can play consistently. Um, and now you kind of know why he was rumored to ask for a trade. I mean, stuff like this. And you bring up a good point, not to interrupt, but before tossing back to you, you bring up a good point, Manduar, because he has been raking at Scranton this year. And, I mean, he just has not been getting consistent at-bats when he's been in New York when he gets called up. Yeah, it's just it's unfortunate. Um, obviously, he's super frustrated, which you can't blame him. But as for Oswaldo Cabrera, I thought – I don't know. I just I didn't really ever. I I always heard more about Peraza, yeah. so I was just kind of thinking Peraza would be before Cabrera, but I guess I'm fine with it. If anything can help, you know, spark this team, I'm for it. Yeah, I mean Cabrera is a guy who um, when we talked about the pipeline of the back in May, you know, he was a target delivery day at the MLB of of last year uh, to early this year. That didn't happen. Um, I think the Yankees were probably. I don't know if they were necessarily doing the 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 playing time deal or, or whatever or service time deal but um you know I wasn't sold on him I, I'm definitely more of a Peraza and Volpe kind of guy um that being said Cabrera's look he's been in the system longer than either of them obviously they're not going to call up Volpe from from double A um Peraza uh 
presumably they're doing there will keep him at AAA because they feel like he'll probably get more playing time there than what Cabrera will get at the big league level at this point. Uh, but that being said, definitely shakes things up up the middle a little bit. Try and like again, I I think it lights try and light a fire under Glaber's ass a little bit to remain. I wouldn't say exactly consistent, but at least keep the production there. And, and among other things, I mean, Cabrera gives you a little bit of flexibility that, you know, you probably don't have to <laughs> stick Donaldson out there any more than you sometimes have to or anything like that. Yeah. Um, about Glaber Torres, yeah. how about Tuesday? I don't know if you saw the play. Uh, mm-hmm. A guy tried to steal. Trevino threw it down. It was a bad throw, but Glaber yeah. didn't even try to right. get it. He was, like, not even putting effort. Like, that's just a bad look. Like, yeah, the team's struggling, but not trying out there is just yeah. a bad look. And then Boone does nothing about it. Right. Well, I, and that goes back to a different discussion. I know, you know, like, I, <laughs> me and my dad were talking about last night because I, I jokingly will rib him a little bit. I, he's a Celtics fan. In the beginning of the season last year, he didn't want uh, Mbeke Udo as the coach anymore. I'm like, well, <laughs> give him some time. And um, he goes, like, he brought up to me yesterday, like, how come you never go after Boone? I'm like, because I know with Boone it's – not really Boone making decisions out there so much as it is Cashman kind of puppeteering stuff from up top. Uh, but, you know, it, it, you're right. I mean, it, at that point, though, you're you're the man in the dugout. You have to try and do something. At least go up and I mean, tell him something. Booney, Booney was an infielder, right? Third base, did play some second base from time to time. I mean, he, he knows how to play the positions out there. Uh, the very least, you could steer him and be like, hey, like, something like that, or in the case of, of that where there's just not the effort being shown, I mean, Boone's a well-respected baseball mind end of the day still. He was when he was a player. He was when he was in the media and now as a, as a manager still. Um, Like, just if you got to lay into him a little bit, lay into him a little bit. Yeah, and as for Torres, again, I really wish they would have traded him to the Marlins. Yeah. I'm just – I don't know. I don't really – he just hasn't been the same player since 2018, so when is he going to be back to that player? I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then just looking quickly at Florio, he's a guy who's been who's been up and down a little bit. He's been pretty much the Yankees' go-to taxi guy for double headers and stuff like that this year. Uh, but this is going to be probably his first opportunity at true consistent at-bats at the big league level. Yeah, I read a stat yesterday. He has played in just 16 games over the last three seasons with yeah. the Yankees, so – I mean, when he does come up, like you said, it's usually for double headers, but he hasn't had consistent playing time, so I'm excited to see what he would do if he's consistently out there. And he better be in the lineup tonight, and Aaron Hicks better not be out there. I'm pretty excited because it, it, it's going to open the opportunity up here for if Giancarlo's back next week, like it's a ledge. Uh, this certainly allows for a, a little bit of a shake-up lineup-wise here. I think it also allows you know a guy like Rizzo maybe to get some extra time at DH every now and then. Um when needed, as long as Floreal is able to stick with the club at this point. Um, Floreal is definitely up there to to kind of more or less just show Hicks that, you know, we pre- pretty much don't need you anymore is a presumed reason of this in a way. Uh, that being said, um, as long as he sticks, I mean, Floreal presumably is probably the starting center fielder in New York next year. Yeah, Hicks five for his last 54. Like, give me a break. Yeah. Like, how bad do you have to be to do that? I mean that's that's struggling for weeks. Like he's just he got he got laid into Monday if I remember. And then, right. Yeah, playing like playing in center field like it's little league, yeah. turning around the wrong way, yeah. doing circles like just a circus out there. Like get him off the team. Right. All right, let's. Um, I'm happy to see oh, yeah. Florio finally up. 
<laughs> I've seen I've seen him play a couple different times in Rochester, including yeah. not too long ago, about a month ago, and he homered in the first at bat, and I was looking forward to him getting up there, and happy to finally see him getting some consistent at bats. Yeah, quick idea, Nate. Maybe the Pirates should take Aaron Hicks. Yeah, you get you take Aaron Hicks, we take Ben Gamel. <laughs> Something. I mean, he just nobody like. It doesn't seem I like I miss Ben Gamel. I miss Ben Gamel and pinstripes. So, does anyone like Hicks? I don't see anyone. I, that defends I don't. Him. I don't necessarily. I don't mind him. Still, I mean, I, I he still has a <laughs> still has a pretty friendly team contract in that sense. Isn't he signed I, for another few years too? No. Oh, he's not. Okay, I know he signed that. I remember he signed, he signed, he that signed through. Deal, right? I believe it's next year. It was like a seven-year deal when he yeah. signed it, right? Yeah, it was a seven-year, seventy million. I mean, it was a seven by ten, which look at the time was was still. I mean, it still is team friendly. I don't want to make it sound like it's not. He but still has a few years. I thought. I don't know. I thought it was. Uh, I thought two or three. Either way, um, the Yankees have Toronto in town for four games. Um, Caleb, why don't you come on over and grab a grab a seat at? or one of the mics over here, mic number two here. We'll, we'll have you voice your opinion here quickly. Uh, four games against Toronto. Uh, things have certainly turned around since uh, Charlie Montoya was given the boot, I'd say. I would have to agree with you, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so the Blue Jays, 62-54, and 54, officially tied for second place in the AL East. Uh, Ten games back. Series starts tonight. Uh, 705 on yes, Jose Barrios, 8 and 5, a 561 ERA. Going on Sprankey Montas, 4 and 9, a 359 ERA. Friday, tomorrow night, Apple TV Plus, 705. That is ridiculous. I was going to say the official channel of Kyle Evans. <laughs> Kyle Gossman, Kevin Gossman goes for uh, Toronto, 8 and 9, a 316 ERA against Jameson Tyone for the Yankees, 11 and 3 on the year, a 395 ERA. Saturday, a 105 first pitch on yes. TBA for Toronto against Garrett Cole, 9 and 5, a 330 ERA. And then Sunday, Paul O'Neill Day, 135 first pitch on yes. TBA <laughs> Paul O'Neill Day. versus Nestor Cortez, 9 and 4, a 274 ERA. So, uh, big series for the Yankees here. Uh, big series, really, for Toronto as well. I mean, this is a well, potential inroad game after. Um, Going up against uh, again another good team in the AL East in Baltimore, um, I'm on split here. I think um, I'd I'd like to go three and one maybe Yankees favor, but uh, the question marks with um, Saturday and Sunday pitching matchup for Toronto. I'm just not too sure who who will exactly see out of them that day. Shout out to Josh Donaldson for turning this team around. The Yankees take three of four. Okay, first series win in what a month, give or take. Uh, Caleb, I know, like I said, I mean, obviously, Toronto turning things around here, uh, at least the way it perceives to be anyway, and definitely a little bit in the record-wise column, but um, what are your thoughts about the series here? Uh, I'm going split. That's what I thought. Straight split. Straight split. Yeah. All right. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, it, it, the Toronto, Toronto's quite the interesting spot. I've, I've noticed um, just, you know, quickly before we go and finish up here with our minor league teams, but... Um, you know, like they have Boba Shets batting like six now. It's it's kind of wild that they've found a, a very niche lineup that kind of just kind of really works for the time being. And um, hopefully, finds Miami. I know I'd Springer's back too now uh, off the IL, much to my fan, couple fantasy teams' delights. So um, should be a good series. I mean, Toronto's been arguably some of the better baseball played between uh, the Blue Jays and Yankees really the past handful of years, give or take. Yeah, um, Toronto's been a little better lately, but honestly, 
you look at their uh, schedule over the last month, they haven't been that much better. I mean, they're not taking advantage of the Yankees losing as much as they've been. Right. They're still 10 games back. If they were rolling, uh, the Yankees might only be leading the division by three games. Um, they struggle with the Orioles, but, I mean, look at the Orioles. I mean, they're rolling. They might make the playoffs. I hope they do. be really awesome to see, um, especially because Boston's sitting in the at the bottom. Yeah. Never would have expected that. All right, let's move on to our minor league teams here. Rochester and Syracuse both have split their series so far to get the week going, respectively. One game apiece and one game apiece between Worcester, uh, Worcester rather for Rochester and Charlotte for the Mets. Uh, 4-1 Rochester victory on Tuesday. Logan Breck pick up the win. Jordan Weems the save. Brett went six innings, five hits, and earned a run and five strikeouts. New Red Wing <coughs> Daniel Johnson, who was a former Syracuse Met earlier this year, two for four with a double and two RBIs. And Andrew Stevenson, one for three, with a walk and two runs scored. Yesterday was a 2-1 loss to the Hussox. Uh, Zach Kelly picked up the win for Wooster and Reed Garrett the loss. Uh, on rehab assignment, Eric Fetty uh, for the Red Wings. No decisions, four, no decision, four innings pitched, three hits, a walk and four Ks. Jake Alou picked up an RBI single and walked. And Andrew Stevenson 0 for 3, a walk, a run scored, but two stolen bags. Um, Lucius Fox, uh, close to returning. He's on a rehab assignment with the Complex League Nationals. David Dahl was granted his release. Cody Wilson and Alfie was assigned to single-A Wilmington. I already mentioned Daniel Johnson, but he was called up from double-A Harrisburg and Fetty as well. Uh, the S-Mets, a 9-8 victory on Tuesday over Charlotte. Lock St. Jane, St. John rather picked up the uh, win for the Syracuse Mets. Almost made him a woman race car driver from the 80s. Uh, Phil Dow picked up the uh, save for the S-Mets. Patrick Mazzico went 3-for-5, a double, two RBIs and runs over. Mark Vientos. Uh, went two for four, uh, hitting a three-run home run, walked, and two-run score for him. And then JT Riddle picked up an RBI double going two for four. Eight to seven, the Charlotte Knights defeated the Syracuse Mets yesterday. Josh Walker took the loss for Syracuse. Dominic, uh, Dom Smith picked up a home run going two for five. Same with Kuala Lee going two for three. Also stole a bag. And then Daniel Palka picked up an uh, RBI single going two for four. Alfie Jake Mangum closer returning as well. He's on a rehab assignment with Complex League Mets. And right-hand pitcher Jordan Yamamoto was assigned to Syracuse from AA Binghamton. Uh, quickly mention this. Um, we mentioned these rosters always in flux and how really for Rochester caused a lot of problems here the past month or so. But small game sample size uh, with both these rosters kind of moving a little bit given, given the fact that obviously injuries with the Mets. Nationals still trying to figure some things out. Um, I don't know what makes the big difference here with the smaller game sample size being a little bit more competitive. I think it might just be some of these younger guys finally just have, you know, the knack of going through the season and going through the day as a triple A baseball player in some ways. Yeah. I was wondering the same thing. It seems like Rochester's playing a little bit better mm -hmm. than they were over that 19 game losing yeah. streak. Um, more offense, better pitching, still losing some games, but not as bad. Right. Um, as for Syracuse, I mean, two tight games there. Uh, a lot of offense just mm -hmm. falling short uh, last night. But, yeah, it's good to see they're turning they're turning the corner. Uh, obviously, Rochester uh, finishes the week in Wooster, Syracuse, and Charlotte. So that wraps up the podcast for today. Uh, before we go, though, Caleb, shouting you out. Appreciate the help that you have given us uh, this summer. And uh, hopefully you picked up some things from us along the way. But good luck. Don't be a stranger. Go, um, I, I'm not saying go Penn State because I think I would probably die of like a blood hemorrhage if I outright said it out loud. So, uh, but it's been awesome having you around. 
Um, really do appreciate you sticking out the summer with us, even though you only were able to use the elevator for a week. <laughs> I appreciate it, Paul. All right, so Concrete Jungle, go ahead, Nate. I see you're moving up to the mic. Yeah, I got one more thing. We just got to say Kyle Evans was right. Uh, we'll take a look at the Aaron Hicks contract. Kyle Evans was right. 2027 is UFA. How was it 2020? It was a seven-year deal. And it didn't start until 2019, right? Oh, it's brutal. Oh. Fans are even more pissed this off. This has ruined my day. <laughs> this literally ruined Evans. my day. I can't wait to watch the Kyle Evans Twitter account over the next few years. Talk about Aaron Hicks. So will He's the- gone at the end of the year. Somebody will take on that contract. Well, that's, hopefully the Pirates. That's team friend. That's No, he does not meet their low threshold of money. So <laughs> I was going to say, Kyle, he gets paid way too much. <laughs> that's too high. That's too high for, for Bob Nutting. All right. Anyway, Concrete Jungle, New York Baseball Podcast. Wait, before oh, we go. Okay, okay. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited for Sunday for Paul O'Neill Day. How about you? I will be at Watkins Glen. So. Oh, of course you will. <laughs> Somebody, look, I, you know. It's Maybe recent. you can record it and watch it later. No. Okay. <laughs> no. We're going to have some great coverage over the weekend. Uh, Paul kind of manning yes. that from Watkins Glen. I'll be there with him on Sunday. I'll be Looking making my first it. TikTok here in a little bit. I don't know what the hell's <laughs> going on, Man. but as <laughs> the millennials would Never made this. one either. <laughs> really going really gonna to go back to your roots here, Paul. Oh, uh, redneck good times. All right. Anyway, uh, Concrete Jungle New York Baseball Podcast. Catch up anytime on YouTube. You can watch live there. Or... Um, can catch up anytime on Spotify, Anchor, and other major podcasting platforms. Appreciate, as always, Kyle Evans and HR Around the Scenes. Thanks again to Caleb. Good luck in all your future endeavors. And we'll see everybody here Monday, 1 p.m. though on Monday. A little scheduling tweak, 1 p.m. on Monday. See you then.